This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On Homestale Radio. Right. But Albert, Albert, final word on... So what was, oh, I, what was your booed. personal reception? I thought you would. <laughs> I booed incessantly, but unfortunately for those around me, I was on a train at Pond Street Station at the time. Pardew <laughs> <laughs> came out on his own. It was a good, good 15, 25 seconds after Pardew. Where were near The two of them were walking out. You know, there's pictures of the two of them walking out together, Nick. So you, I don't know. What, what, oh, you might, I didn't see that. Well, you, no, you might have called no, them at no. different times, but sorry to, you know, yeah. sorry to correct Lots you. Lots in the chat. <laughs> you just diverted from the, how wrong you were. Yeah, there's loads of stuff going on in the chat room. Do what you guys talk yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> um, Radio.net slash chat. bicycle kicks? Just out of interest. I thought it was because whenever I see someone score a bicycle kick, I get the horn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here are the suggestions for if pu- being pewless was a sex act, <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? Peggy um, 18. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic work, Mikey. Tim Hewitt has gone for uh, pump one in early, but pump one in them early, then sit back. <laughs> we have a winner. Um, Andy Sparrow has gone for concentrate entirely on rear card action and then bang one in when least expected. <laughs> to send us an email visit holradio.net forward slash contact hello welcome to homestyle radio i am your chris uh, i'm your chris host hamblin i was about to say mm, that'll be in the uh, intro next week i am your host chris hamblin and i'll be guiding you through our review of this last week culminating in a second defeat in a row at sellers park background music sounds really loud to me anyway uh, this time against Steve Bruce's Hull City. On the panel tonight, we have Albert Curley. Good evening. Good evening. Joe Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Terence Ford. Hiya. Hiya. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> and Patrick O'Connor. Good afternoon. Good afternoon there in the old United of the States, the 
Uh, we'll be hearing their views on everything soon enough, but we also want to hear from you. Head to holradio.net forward slash contact for all the ways to get in touch with us today, including the chat room at holradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, we'll begin discuss- discussion in just a moment, but first up, we've got some sort of jingles and stuff on that. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com Aging hmm. jingle, in fact. Um, so yeah, like I say, if you want to get in touch today, hlradio.net forward slash contact or hlradio.net forward slash chat for the chat room where Joe will be lurking, I believe. Uh, wouldn't be right to start the show without a reference to... Um, Something that happened to the uh, well to the online community this week. Um, obviously, those users of Homestale.net and probably a fair few people on the BBS as well, by judging by the two threads, um, are aware that unfortunately we lost uh, Staffy. Um, no capital S in Staffy, but um, yeah, it was uh, it's, it was a really sad thing. Obviously, he put imagine the last thing he did on Homestale.net was to put the links up for the West Brom game, which was typical of the man, really. But um, Obviously, um, thoughts and are with those who knew him best, but it seems to have hit the the, the, the online community of Palace particularly hard. Um, and it was really, really nice to hear the reception he got at half-time um, at the game yesterday. I think, I mean, obviously, result aside, it was a really fitting tribute. That um, I mean, usually those half-time things, there's only a smattering of applause and people aren't really paying attention. But, you know, it's a really good, really good sound that sort of came from of a poignant moment shall we say but um you know obviously we'll we'll miss him terribly and um i suppose we i mean yeah let, let's, let's sort of dedicate this show to his memory um again perhaps would want a better result to do that um but yeah he was a, he was a really top guy and did an awful lot of work on homestead.net so you know r.a.p staffy and i'm sure people remember him for a long long time indeed okay. um so yeah this um well, let's get into, into the game. There's no, it's no beating around the bush, really. It was an incredibly poor performance. Uh, there were very few positives to speak of, in my view. Um, and the urgency was missing from the majority of the game. And I want to start there, really. We can, we can talk about line-up line tactics, substitutions, and all that kind of stuff in, in a bit. But, I mean, early thoughts from, from you, gents. I'll start with you, Patrick. And obviously, you're watching the game um, on, you know, on, on TV. So, I don't know what... You know, obviously, you pick up a different thing from those of us at the game. So, um, what do you think it was? I mean, is it fair? Am I being fair and saying the urgency was missing? It, it definitely appeared so. I mean, just watching the beginning of the match, the commentator made a comment um, from what Pardew said in the uh, program about wanting to, all the fans get more involved. It did sound a lot louder after the beginning of the match, but it just seems that the players. I'm not even sure. My my, my take in it is, I just think that West Brom and Hull wanted it more because of where they are. I'm not saying we're on beach or in the flip-flop but I'm just think, I just think there's a, there's a certain lack of urgency but I think it may be a tactical thing that you know we're changing things around a little bit and players aren't used to it that kind of thing but it's, it is a little alarming the last two matches we just don't seem at the races and I hope that it's something that we can turn around pretty quickly because we've got some very important matches not necessarily for us coming up but more for the teams against us coming up and it'd be nice to go out with a bit of a, a bang than a whimper. 
Definitely. I mean, obviously, you expect the the team to raise their game against the better sides, perhaps. But um, you know, these last two games, coming out of the Sunderland game, we we really did sort of come out of that on a, on a massive high, thinking, well, the next two games are very winnable. Um, we could we could un- overtake our points tally from last season, put ourselves in a really strong position, and then and then the rest of the games are bonus games. But what in fact has happened is is we've ended up. You know, without being, t- I think West Brom was was a difficult one, but certainly that the the game yesterday, we handed it to them. Really, um, it's, it's very very disappointing. Um, Terence, so go go to you next. Really, I mean, obviously, we you know Patrick Patrick agreed that the urgency was missing. What do you put it down to? Yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? With our players in the last few weeks have all been saying that you know we're not ones that are going to let the intensity drop. We're not that sort of group. But I think the evidence on the field has sort of gone against that. And there was a lot of talk about, are we on the beach already? And um, we was joking about we shouldn't have bothered um, relaying the pitch because it was covered in sand before. And that would suit our current mindset a lot better than (laughs) everyone slipping all over the place at the moment. But yes, yes. Disappointing. It's disappointing, isn't it? It was because clearly, clearly there was. Padre said it himself yesterday. There was no sharpness in the performance yesterday, and you wouldn't expect that from our team. And it is frustrating to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and uh, well, I don't think it's a conscious thing. I don't think that. I, I just think it shows you that West Brom had that in them in their mindset when they came and uh, Sellers Park, you know, a couple of weeks back, that they still needed that win. They really did need that win, and. Hull were even more desperate, you know, and sometimes it's nothing you can really do when you know deep down in your head that you're safe and effectively could lose every game and, and, you know, would still be fine and you're playing a team that are absolutely scrapping for their lives and, you know, sometimes you you, you got to hand it to the other team when, when they outfight you but um, I was just disappointed that there was no real reaction at any point. Um, it's just, it's very disappointing for me. Joe, um, you know, I'm following a few of your comments on Twitter, sort of during, sort of well, during and after the game, really. And you mentioned something I thought was very valid, and it's that in reality, Hull could have had probably four or five. At least, I thought they could have absolutely smoked us. Um, I, I, I got, I've got some questions first. Only I watched it with with lines uh, five fifty, and have we made the pitch? Did we bring the pitch in? It looks a lot um it doesn't look as wide as what it was last week definitely looks like it's been bought in a yard or two if that's been if that's happened i i, I don't i don't know why we just seen completely off yesterday at, at everything we weren't at the races well jedi had his worst game in a palace shirt yeah. um was completely overrun i mean they run through the middle of us and he don't expect a whole uh, uh, no it seemed like a whole to run through the middle of us um you know we were we were Getting to the edge of the area and being able to shoot with with no one diving in, um, it was ridiculous. You know, we're fifty six forty four percent in their favour first half possession. Whole mm. really, Jesus. Yeah, we're you're right, and we we just every every time there was any initiative to be sort of given or taken, we we let them have it, and um, you know it's it's strange to say it. it's a strange performance to see from this Palace team. Albert, do you think that because of the way that the team has played up until now, um, do you think it's a pretty strong reaction from most people over over the way the game was played yesterday? Do you think it's because we're used to seeing a team that that fights for every ball no matter what and never gives up? And and we've just actually seen, well, what we've seen is almost a team given up. 
I, no, I think it's it's fair enough that there's frustration because you know, as you were saying, on the back of the Sunderland game, you look at West Brom at home. You know, sentimental reasons aside, you think we should be winning that. You know, Hull again. You can take the Steve Bruce angle away from it. We, you know, they're languishing down the bottom, and you know, you we. I think it was I think it was very different. West Brom. I thought we were unlucky to lose that. To be honest, I thought that we had we had enough chances to nick that, despite you know the awful first goal and a, and an absolute you know wonder strike for the second. We had enough chances to claw that back. Um, yesterday, it just didn't seem to be the case. Like like Gel said, Speroni's made several say <clears throat> several saves that stop it being an embarrass, embarrassing score, and there's not much to talk about the other end, really, is there? No, there, there really isn't. Um, say that, I apologise to those at home if you're having problems with our connection at the moment. It's sounding a bit choppy for us as well, but I just thought I'd quickly mention that. Hopefully it'll smooth over in a second. Uh, Gel? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was not so much Jules having a blinder. It was their poor finishing, which which probably endemic of, the, of their whole season, to be honest with you. But, I mean, they, they literally could have been... It, it could have been more embarrassing a scoreline... Than, than just have just put two really poor performances in a row. Um, you know, I, I remember all of us coming on here only a few weeks back saying that City, <laughs> that City were uh, that were coasting. You know, they come down yeah. like they were on the and we bashed them up, and everyone was slagging them for that. And we have just done what I I think we've just done the same the last two games. You know, is uh, and 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 the other thing as well is that there's there's not an expectation because everyone expects us to to, to crash and burn at some stage, but there's there's an expectation about about Palace not being able to win every game, but trying. And that's the sounds awful thing to say. I don't think we tried yesterday, but I, I didn't see a lot of players trying. I, I, honestly, I didn't see them busting their balls for us yesterday like they usually do. So I really, I really, I really don't know. It, it stumped me. Yeah, I say, like I said before, though, I think it's, I don't think it's a conscious lack of effort. I just think there are certain, certainly certain parts of the game that seem to have switched off. And I also think that, um, you know, there's, there's been a degree. We we talked last week about the experimentation that Pardew was going for. He hasn't changed too much in the lineup, um, but he he has sort of fiddled about a bit tactically in, in a few ways and he's you know rather I think he's changed quite a lot um by, you know between opposition and, and I think in a way we conceded way too much to Hull trying to play them at, at their game rather than trying to get them to, you know to, to play our game at home which and that's been something that's been disappointing me all season I think I think quite we haven't really asserted ourselves on on many of the teams that have, have come to Sellers Park you know, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for that but um you know, I, I, I suppose just what I talked about last week when I talked about the progression and the next step for us. The next step for us is, as I said last week, is starting to affect and dominate these games when teams play a certain way against us. But I uh, say so I am finding it very, very disappointing. Um, that I, I find it hard. I hate it when people say that the team didn't appear to try. Um, but I think it's fair in this case. Um, not like I said, probably not consciously, but there was a definite lack of urgency and effort. Um, in terms of lineup and tactics, there was obviously a late change. Uh, Martin Kelly had to come in and play right back in place of Joel Ward, who, who got injured. Um, sort of quite close to, um, I don't know if it was on the day or the day before, but he was seen in a little protective cast, I think, um, with a foot injury. So I'm not sure how serious, but um, 
But there we go. So Kelly came in, and I don't think he was as impressive as right back as he was at a left back. But otherwise, that I think that lineup's pretty much what we expected. Was was there anything you'd have changed, Albert? No, it's our sort of standard go-to shape at the moment, isn't it? And personnel, obviously, despite Joe Ward not being there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would have done differently. To be honest, it's it's, it's a hard one. I, I think you know, in light of in light of last week, again, and I've just said that we did enough to win the game. I think if you're going to experiment, even though these experiments seem to be ever so sort of slightly different to what we're doing, you know, why you know why not chucking Gale to start, or you know, people will probably slay me for this, but you know, try Sonogo from the off instead of when we're chasing a game, and every sort of foot he puts wrong get sort of blown out of proportion, you know, 10 times over, you know, give him a run. But if we play Sonogo, we're going for, we're going for a nil-nil. Well, and then losing 2-0 though, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, because um, someone else will shoot. Let's, uh, let's uh, have a chat, chat about Sonogo. They got, actually, go on, Terence, you're going to jump in on that, go. Well, I've, what, uh, Crystal Palace, the entire time I've been supporting Crystal Palace is about our youth team and if we're at the back end of the season and there's no urgency from our players what we pl- why are we playing a low knee from Arsenal I'd much rather stick someone else in there from the youth team one of the ones who are looking promising like Gray for example I'd, I'd rather see that than Sonogo go on yeah um, it, it does feel like we're trying to I don't think uh, I doubt there's any you know, actual deal in writing that we have to play him a certain number of minutes and what have you. But I think it, it does smack of trying to, you know, do the right thing by Arsenal. Um, with all, and, and maybe, you know, maybe there's a there's a good reason for that. Maybe building a good relationship with Arsenal is, is a good idea for the club and that they want to do that. But as a, as a fan, I agree with you, Terence, definitely. Um, we've got some stuff in the, in the chat room, Joel. There's some comments in there. Do you want to... Yeah, uh, Coach Matt said Hull wanted it and needed it more. Uh, we clearly didn't. Um, Dweeve said uh, Sonogo couldn't catch cold. Sorry. Um, then Booted Eagle said can't scapegoat Sonogo for yesterday, which is true. You can't scapegoat him. Um, uh, King B said Sonogo will go back to Arsenal in the summer. I really hope that's true. Um, and oh, just... Oh yeah, um, and like, like I said, uh, yes, I pointed out. But Lions just said, um, you know, we set up three five two yesterday. Um, I remember getting cane for that last year by one of the kids that helps us out on here every now and then. Um, <laughs> look, look, look what we're doing! Hey, and, uh, three five, three five well, two. How about that? We did in the second half, and I thought it was absolutely appalling. But we'll come to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sorry, Patrick, you wanted to talk about Sonogo. Your, your view on that. Yeah, just very quickly. Listen, um, it's easy to to to, to kill Sonogo for the when he comes on because he definitely has a way about him that doesn't like he put himself about. But if that if that goal last week, which is called offside, is a goal, and yesterday's goal is called a goal, he scored two in two matches, and it's a different thing. So I've got a real problem with again killing the player who doesn't play ninety minutes every week, and again he does have opportunities, and if not a couple of like I said, uh, you know, bad opportunities or bad luck, he would have scored two goals. So. Again, I know he's not our player, and I just have a, we just are so quick to kill this guy, and I'm not, I just don't understand why. I get that he's an Arsenal player, he's not ours, and, and I'm, I'm like Terrence. If we had a player in the youth system, like maybe Keshi Anderson could come through and play, now I'm all for that. But obviously, there's a reason why um, Pardew's playing him, even if it's limited amount of minutes. And the fact that he keeps getting caned every week when we're losing 2-0, 2-0 to teams that want it more, it's really, it really bothers me. Not that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of it, just the more that I don't understand why he's become 
the escape goat, for lack of a better term. <laughs> the escape goat, <laughs> as per producer Tom. But, um, yeah. uh, I mean, Simon Goddard has, has got in touch on Twitter and said that uh, Sonogo is not the future for CPFC. And I think that's where it stems from, really. I think, I you know, it's exactly what, what Terence was saying. And, you know, but the, it doesn't help that Sonogo has a certain style about him. And I was trying to sum it up. I was talking on, on the message boards on homestyle.net earlier. I think it was ridiculous, some ridiculous time this morning, probably about half one. Um, and I was trying to say what it was, and I said he doesn't he doesn't have the kind of uh, tenacity of a striker that, that Palace fans look for. You know, he's quite languid in his style. Um, you know, he's quite I wouldn't say slow, but he's one paced. Right. You know, he doesn't seem to accelerate. Um, Which is so too fast. <laughs> but you know, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's fun. But yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's just. I don't think he is is a natural fit for Palace, and it's a shame because he's played he's played well in a couple of games. You know, he, he, when we were up at uh, Southampton, Joe, he had a very very good game up there, didn't he? And then. Um, no, no, you're saying he had a very good game, but the shot he the goal he scored against Southampton was hitting a corner flag until it hit someone in the face. Yeah. One yeah, of their yeah, players. It was. Yeah, it was. You're right, but listen, it was. I just want to say something right about about him. And I know, you know, we all like to like you say, find an escape goat and blame someone, but the Arsenal fans don't want him back. Fuck it, my Arsenal mates begging me to buy him. But we could have him <laughs> off of Arsenal. And they would still laugh at us like they laugh at us because we got Shamek. Honestly, they, they they wouldn't take Shamat back. They do. They definitely don't want him back. I, I, I can't. I, I don't like to coat off professional footballers, but seriously, I, I can't. I, I don't see what he has. I, I don't see what he has. All right, uh, Terence, you want to come in again on that one as well? In, in his performance at Southampton, I think that had a lot to do with him playing with Shamat, to be honest. I think. Mm. Um, there was that Definitely. kind of Arsenal way about them, and yep. and and Southampton paid us no respect whatsoever and gave them the freedom of the of yeah. the pitch. To be honest, so I th- yeah. I think it's hard to look at that performance and say that that marks him out as a good player because Hi, most football players should be able to take advantage of that space. All right, uh, hello, who's that? Hello, hello. you, Chris. All right, Joe, you're right. Hi, Chris and Joe and Patrick and Albert. How are you getting on? All right. Who's that? Yeah, thanks, mate. It's Jerry. It's Jerry, yeah. I just want to say, I did send a little, um, a little blobbing on on the homestead, but what a disappointment. But I tell you what, Chris, you said something very interesting. I kind of agree, and maybe I'm about if I heard you correctly. I think the very fact we, we played two games, I wonder if all this hype that we're getting, you're not trying to say Belassi and Wilfred as well as the Darren punching. I wonder if it's getting to their heads because yesterday we we did lack. I think Patrick used the word urgency, but there's something about us that I know we're coming to the end of the season. I think to myself, God, next year we're going to need some major, major new players. You're not trying to say, poor old, I mean, we played it through the middle, but even when we got it on the wing, we just didn't seem to have it. Mm. I'm not quite sure. I mean, the thing is about, Murray done quite well, but in a sense, it looks like, I mean, the fact is, we haven't scored for two games. That's not Murray's fault, but predominantly but they're two centre-halves they sat on him and we we just weren't getting the breaks but we were out footballed and in some parts of that game we were outclassed Sonogo was never going to be the answer he's too raw he's done well I think people put him too much he's quite a young lad but yeah. like everyone 
and she was saying a second ago, Chris, you know what you want to say? He's not going to be the future. Or someone, someone said, he ain't going to be the future for our, for our club. We're going to have to buy, I think, at least two new strikers next year. Yeah. Oh, we've just lost... We've just lost Jerry there. That's a shame. Um, but I actually I agree with the point that he was uh, <laughs> that he was making there. He said hello to everyone except for me. I'm feeling really left out here. You're you're, you're too new, Terence. You're way too new. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, seriously, the point he, the point he was making there um, of, of us having to do some something with the squad in the summer is absolutely bang on. You know, he's. Um, it does sum it up for me. There's loads of stuff I want to talk about this later on, so I don't want to jump too far ahead on this. But again, we're talking about Sonogo, so we may as well talk about Glenn Murray as well. Um, you know, he had an early chance in the game, um, and but but should he be doing better? I mean, he was he was well marshaled in this, um, but but you know, he's not been effective in the last couple of games. Now, is that the opposition getting a better hold of him and knowing a bit more about how to play him, or is he um, is he slightly off the pace again? Um, you know that, that, that's the question. What do you think, Joe? No, I think the goalkeeper pulled off a worldie yesterday. Um, <laughs> but we 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 just weren't feeding him. You got to feed the fellow. You got you got yeah. to. You can't just hoof the ball up front. We got to stop hoofing it and doing these floaty fifty-yard balls. If we stop doing that, aim at his chest. He's still going to get off the ground. He's still going to hold the ball up. He is the, he's probably the best in our team at doing that at flick-ons and holding the ball up. We just need to, we need to utilise him and not get him smashed up. You know, just because every yeah. now and then he, he gives the centre-backs a nightmare and for the bad teams. But you, you can't, they're going to suss him out eventually, but you can't just keep sticking it up in the air. Now, against Stoke, you stick it up in the air, just, he just, he's going to get smashed and he's going to get hurt soon, just playing that, just hoof-it football. And we mm. we don't he doesn't he's he's too clever a player. He's not just a, a flick on merchant, he's an old it up, he's got guile, he's got the touch, he's got everything about him, Murray. Well, he needs needs ball, ball to feet more often, basically, doesn't it? I mean it's it's all very well in being brilliant in the air, but you know, we we're wasting part of his talent and we're not playing to our strengths by doing it. I totally agree. Um I get Patrick in next and then Terence afterwards. Cheers. Yeah, quickly, Chris. Um um the commentator made a great uh said something yesterday that was interesting. He said that a lot of Balassi's balls are to the near post and um, Murray's very good at reading those kind of crosses. And I've noticed of late, a lot of our crosses, when we like to say Snuggle, have been more of the back post variety. So I think the service has been very poor of late to Murray, especially in, in yesterday. And he's just not able to kind of read what's going on. So I think once he go back to the way he normally plays, making those near post runs, that kind of stuff, he'll be much better served and he'll, he'll improve. And I definitely agree that both Hull and West Brom did a much better job of marking than the other teams did a much better job. Mm, I mean, they they basically put the strongest player they had in the air on Murray, and, and they gave exactly. him. Uh, Terence, um, I think you've got to look further back. If you remember a few weeks ago, I was saying um, when everyone was talking about Jason Punchin being in contention for the England team, mm. and I was saying yeah, he's got all this space at the moment because teams aren't making plans for him. Now, what we're starting to see is teams are making plans to nullify Jason Punchin. He's not getting as much time in the ball, and as a result, he's not been able to get better quality balls into Murray. And then Murray is very, very good. If you give him a decent ball, he'll bring it down and he'll bring the wingers into play. And we're not being able to do this on such a frequent fashion now because they're stopping Jason Punch and getting decent delivery into him. So that is why we're seeing a lot more floaty balls than we have been seeing in previous weeks. No, that's, that's a fair observation, definitely. Um, 
I don't. I, yeah, you're all right. I wasn't really. I have to say, I wasn't really looking necessarily at, at punching yesterday, and you know, in that way, seeing that if he's being denied space. But you know, thinking about it, you, you, you're absolutely right. You know, and he was he was roaming the pitch a bit more, wasn't he, to try and get on the ball. Um, but with him as well, just a just a little flick sort of around the corner and the quick play, it's not really coming off at the moment. And every now and then, you know, something something looks like it's about to work. There was a good good little bit early in the game. Um, where he put Wilf in down the right hand side and Wilf got a shot away, you know that <clears throat> that was really nice. That was a really nice bit of play, but that was you know, that was so, that's one of the few positive pieces of play that we saw. And the weird thing is, I don't think we actually started the game that badly. I really don't. Um, I think you know with that early Murray chance and the shot that Wilf had, I think we got you know again similar to West Brom. Those those things were going in. You know, a couple of games ago, and, and we were then going on to comfortably win games, but they're not quite going in for us at the moment. And you know, we've got to find a better way of dealing with that. I think. Um, well, I think West at the end of the game, you saw the West Brom players, Ollie Harper. So they they were very aware that his two saves in the first half were very big for them. Because I think, much mm. like the West Brom game, if we get the first goal, it's a different game. Yeah, and no, they absolutely right, and and it was as as uh, as Joe pointed out, it was a very good save from Murray early on because it was point blank, and um, obviously I look I looked at that chance in slow motion, and I thought you know Murray's got to do better than that, but thinking you know when he when he sort of look at the time he actually had to get a shot away, it was just instinctive, and it's a shame it went straight at the keeper and, and you know not high into the net, but. Yeah, those things do change games, and you know, and Harper did very, very well. Um, actually, you know, he, he did oh, when Shinogo clattered him as well, and he got straight up and made a point of, um, you know, not making a big deal out of it. I thought, you know, he showed a lot of class as well. I know that got picked up on the message board, so it's a shame he had a good game, and it's a shame he's a nice bloke, so I can't give him stick as well. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like, again, going back to the lineup, I, I thought it was pretty much as expected. But what's what's happened as a result of the game? You know this whole benefit of hindsight business is that the discussions got in. Uh, you know, does does Jedinak fit into the team that Pardew's putting together? We talked about it last week. Uh, Nick was saying there's some suggestion from someone he knows that Jedinak will be off in the summer. Doesn't quite see eye to eye with Pardew and how the games can be played and all this kind of stuff. And there's rumours like when rumours like that start going around, um, you know, and the fact that he's been substituted early in both games. Uh, that he's played since he's come back from his ban um, and and simply not played well. The question really comes is, does he fit into to Pardew's style of play in the way he wants us to play? And more importantly, can he actually improve his passing and, and to fit in? Because it's his passing that seems to be letting him down more than anything at the moment. What do you think, Patrick? The way we're playing now, I'm not sure that he does, but I don't want him to leave. Um, the thing is, defensively, we've been very, very poor. We've had one clean sheet, um, in a Premier League match, that was the Leicester game. We obviously we had a clean sheet against Dover, and I think the way that party wants to play, the whole you know you score two, we'll score three type thing is great entertainment value, but it's not going to work long term in the Premier League. And I think that Jedi protected the back four when he was playing that position. He doesn't really play that way anymore, and I think the way he's being played, the way that we're playing, is not suited for him um, against an opposition. You know, he's he's a value, but. Against certain team, he's going to be. He'll look bad, and yesterday he looked really, really bad. And I just think that the way we're playing right now, um, Jedi is unfortunately become a liability. But that doesn't mean I want him to leave because I think he's a very valuable player, if not on the field, off the field. Cause I think he's a very important person to have around the club. But there's no way I believe we're better off, better off without uh, Jedi on our team. No, I get the feeling though he's not going to be happy unless he's playing every single game. And the way right. it's going at the moment, I mean, I'm. 
I would even question whether or not he should start the next game myself. And I'm a huge fan of Mila Jednak. And, and he's a player who I think, you know, he has been superb. And I, and I really mean absolutely top class, top division class in the role he's been asked to play under every other manager. But the role he's being asked to play under Pardew, it seems not to not to work quite so well. Uh, Terence, is it a case of people looking at, um, you know, looking at the fact that he's had a couple of poor games and reading too much into it, or, or really, you know, is this a real issue? Do you think? Um, I think the style of football that Alan Pardew plays does require your midfielders to be able to pass the ball, and we all know that's not Jednak's strength. If you look like. Last season, stats-wise, he was being put up there, up in there with the best midfielders in the world, due to his interceptions. And so we all know what he offers to the game. I can. St- there is still a deep-sitting midfielder in Pardew's style, but you, he does need to have that passing ability across mid-range to be able to pick out the next sort of wave of attack, as it were. And Jednak doesn't have that. And on, you know, find that pass. So um, it's, I do think it's ominous for Jednak in that sense. But I think Pardew would be mad not to see the values that Jednak offers in all other areas of the pitch because it's, it's not just all about passing ability. And Jednak's proved that because he has none, yet he's still proved himself to be one of the best in his position. Well, again, we've talked about him as a, as a centre-back as well, and you know, <laughs> having the attributes as a centre-back. But, Albert, do you think that there's got to be a, a way that the pod you can work uh, Mina Jednak into the team somehow and you know, not concede this, um, the possession in midfield? Is it you know, potentially his centre-back an idea? Uh, Albert? It's, it's definitely an idea. I don't know how, how good an idea <laughs> it is, to be honest. Um it's weird, I was sort of thinking, you know, whilst you guys are talking, you know, is, is Pardew stupid for not playing? You know, we know as Terence was saying, what Yedinak does best, he's definitely one of the best of, you know, doing that role. Is Pardew stupid for not utilising that? Or is Yedinak just not versatile enough to, you know, adjust his game a little bit? You know, chicken and egg, isn't it, really? Um, centre-half, I don't, know, I don't know how much I like that, to be honest. I don't think he's got, um, you know, who, you, who would you put him out for? Would you well, you Delaney? Because yeah. I think Delaney's a better passer, and I think Delaney's you know a bit more, a bit more composed, a bit calmer with the ball at his feet. Um, I, I, square peg, round hole springs to mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. No, it's a it's a really difficult one. I think you make a good point. Should Pardew actually not be considering you know a tactical shift from his own kind of current objective that actually gets Jednak playing in the role that he should be, you know, that he's good at and. You know, would it do what we've been talking about before of Jednak shoring up the defence and us maybe actually getting some clean sheets? Um, you know, which make it make it make it a lot easier to win a game if you're not going to concede. We can't keep coming back from going goals down, and we can't keep putting ourselves under pressure. But you know, it's been two games that we've we've, had, we've played poorly, and I don't want to get over the top on it. Uh, Joe, you want to talk a little bit about Jednak? Yeah, can you imagine how many penalties we give away if we were centre back? He just hack everybody. He just grabs and hacks everyone. He's just, he's like, he goes all Aussie rules every now and then. It'd be like having, who was, what's his name? Who used to get ear kung fu noises in his head before he tackled Claude someone? Davis. Big, big black guy from Wimbledon. Claude, Claude, no, Claude. Eric the Ninja. Eric, oh, Eric Young. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Jednet's getting like that. I think he just looks at an opponent and thinks, I'm definitely going to kick him. In fact, no, I am going to kick him. <laughs> <laughs> and now what he's thinking is, I'm going to elbow him and all now. 
So well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I think do you know what? I think since since he's been out uh through through uh you know, out to wherever he played in that big tournament and and through his band, I think we've evolved. Mm. It's a strange oh. one, isn't it? It's a strange yeah. one that we... Yeah, but no, but it wasn't, not really, because Gussett said it last year and got absolutely smoked for it. Yeah, because yeah, he was turned around and said, yeah. there you go. But what we've done, we've now got better players in. Players yeah, exactly. Can, players that can tackle and pass the ball and hit the ball. Yeah. You know, the greatest, cool. With the greatest of respect to Nick, he was an idiot for saying it last year, and I maintain that now. We were, different, we're a different side, but at the, time, time. at the time, you took it to Jednak out. He sees the, the future. He sees the future. Yeah, 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 despite living in the 1970s. <laughs> 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 uh, Patrick? Very quickly, Chris, I'll tell you right now, you made a very good point before. If he doesn't start on Sunday against Chelsea, it, it could really both very badly for the future. So I'm interested to very looking forward to the game now to see if he starts. If he doesn't start that match or even he's on the bench, it's gonna be a major it could be a major issue. So you're very right on that point about Jedi. Yeah, I mean we're definitely definitely if he doesn't start against Chelsea, they'll ruin us. Yeah. I agree on that by the way. They really will, but that's a different that's a different point. (laughs) So I'm just pausing while hopefully the connection sorts itself out for me. I couldn't hear either of you properly there. Um yeah, so yeah, totally agree. Against certainly against the bigger teams, we we need Jednak in there. And when we're under pressure in games, it's weird when when you know when we're not being put under pressure, he's almost it's almost that's when we don't really need him in there. We need we need um, Nedley or MacArthur, you know. Um, but then second week we're in a game where we're under pressure, we miss him terribly. We miss his plat power in the air. We miss him screening the the centre backs, and you know we miss those interceptions. It's you know, it really is a catch twenty two. If the guy could pass, it'd probably be way too good for us. But you know, it'd certainly be um, you know a superb player to have in any, in any team. But you know, it's it's amazing to be talking like this. But I personally, for me, I, I think we've got to accommodate him and we've got to keep him happy because I think he he just he gives too much to the um, to the team. And you know, in terms of motivation, in terms of leadership, um, and as well as doing the things that other players can't really do in in the side. Um, it's I, yeah. We, we've almost got you know we've almost got too many mid people who, who want to play central. You know we've got the same issue with Shamak being out. When he comes back, how the hell do we accommodate him? You know uh, Lee Chong Yong looks a decent player. How do we accommodate him as well? Um, it, it's a real a real pain, and we've got to figure out a way of playing that, that gets our best players on the pitch. Um, but also you know when when they do lose form, which you know, form is, is the temporary thing. It, you know, class is permanent, form is temporary, all that business. When people do lose form, we've got to have players ready to come in as well. So, I don't know, it's a, it's a really tricky one for me at the moment and I feel a little uncomfortable talking about losing me at Yednak, but... Um, How much would you uh, accept for him? Five. You're having five, Five mil? No, quid. <laughs> <laughs> no, five mil, definitely. Just get rid He's 29. He's going to be wanting for, for the next two or three. Two or three. Yeah. Oh, he says 30. But we, we've got. Well, by the time Shamak comes back, what's he? What's he going to be? He's going to be 31, isn't he? Is he 30 now? 31. He's 31. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got three or four players that are just at 30, 31, and and the players that we've been buying, looking to bolster the squad, all mid 20s. So well, you know, it's uh, yeah. the way the way forward. Get to 30. Yeah. Out you go. Yeah, I guess. Uh, if you if you believe everything that was in the papers uh, <laughs> this morning, we'll all uh, we'll be out going out and buying people like uh, Kubai and Loic Remy. So, 
But, uh, yeah, that doesn't seem to be. See, I, I read a really interesting thing, right? If we stay in the Premier League next year, next year, next year, if we can stay up for one more season, right? It's three times the amount of money. Oh yeah, it's a wow. It is. It is everything. Everything to the, to our club. Right. It's ten million pounds yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah. but but every, all that will do is drive up the wages in the Premier League. It's all going to go in the players' pockets. Don't but think it, for one minute that's going to make any difference. All that's going to do is make players demand higher wages. Of course it is. Well, not, not for well, not for look us. at the moment. There's nothing stopping it at the moment. All the, at the moment, players just go. Look at Sterling. Oh, 100 grand a week ain't good enough for me. I want 130. What? I'm not going to swear. What's the difference between 30 grand when you're earning 100 grand a week? Like, Jeez, dude, I'm that. sorry. And with this extra money, about another third. Yeah, well, mathematically <laughs> <laughs> speaking, yes. Mathematically <laughs> speaking, but you, you get my point. And I just, I cannot see how that money in the current way it's set up is not going to go into the players' pockets. Yeah, and no, the agents, the agents going to be there going, well. If you want to go to the Premier League, just ask for more money because they'll they'll have to pay it because they've got the money. They can't say they don't have it. I, I just I don't see how it's going to make any difference. On to no. Johan Kabay. If we get Johan Kabay, I might actually weep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, a joy or, or... Oh, with joy, of course. Yeah, he's brilliant. The way player, the way he played last time I saw him play, which oh, was mate, the remember that match? Us. He destroyed oh, us. He destroyed is, us by himself. Is, it was embarrassing. Yeah, it's the single best. Newcastle game was at three 0 last year. Yeah, four. exactly. Was it four? I don't know. No, it was, it was three 0 at Sellers Park, wasn't it? They spanked us in the rain. Awful. The rain awful. and the wind. Yeah. 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 But it was it was just him. It's just it, yeah. you know he dictated the the tempo of the game. Uh, he never looked under pressure at all with the ball at his feet. Could pick a pass. He was just sensational. If we start getting players in like that, then I mean that's that's the way to progress, isn't it? You know. But there we go. Um, oh, Chris, this, yeah, cool. Sorry, did he put the cross in also for the one nil away 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 loss? Didn't he put come off the bench and score put the cross in for um for Cisse? Wasn't that him too? I think you're probably right, actually. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's so good. It's unbelievable. He really is. But so that's good. why no chances come in here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. After all that, exactly. No Don't chance. ruin our dreams. Right. <laughs> Same old Palace. <sighs> um, tracking us back to the game. Um, <laughs> One of the things that uh, I, I noticed. Do we looking, have to? Yeah, I'm sorry, we do. One of the things I noticed looking at the highlights. Pigeons. Um, pigeons. When pigeons. We'll, we'll, we'll talk pigeons, we will. Because like, <laughs> there was a lot of lot to be said about the pigeon performance. But um, uh, let's look, make a little note of that. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I just go? Get, they're a more realistic just, signing. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I just need to say something you're saying about uh, Terence is going on about the money, and yeah. then uh, and then Gus has just put a, a, I mean in the uh, in the chat and he says uh, mention Prim money and and West Ham reduce their season tickets, so yeah. you know it's not that, all, it's not all bad it's not all that's bad that's true it? but West Ham will be got free got soon it'll be free West, West Ham have got to try and fill the Olympic Stadium um, and they've also only reduced a certain tier of tickets that's the furthest away from the pitch. And their um, stadium was free. Can I point uh, yeah, out? Yeah, and they got a. They got, yeah, the taxpayer. Oh, it was free for them. It wasn't yeah. free for us, the taxpayers. No, exactly. it's, not, it's not going to be free. They got to pay a peppercorn rent. And and and, and before you co- <laughs> listen, before you before you co- um, uh, West Ham, Man City pay two million pound a year for that stadium. That is in their stadium. That was that was built for the for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, it seems to be the, the way forward. So what we need yeah. to do is have some moody competition down in South London, build a big <laughs> stadium, fill it for a week, and then give it to us. 
You can't give it to that other mob, can you? Because they couldn't get three men and two dogs in their place. It can work the other way, though, if you look at the disaster for Coventry that happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see West Ham go that way, to be honest with you. They've got a real battle. So, you know, this whole that they've reduced their season ticket thing, like I said, it's they've, they've got a sudden extra influx of capacity that they've got to try and fill. Um, and you know when some of those some of those views from the Olympic Stadium aren't going to be great, and so they've, they've effectively all they've done is create a slightly cheaper tier of tickets. But their actual standard season ticket, um, I think, is something like six hundred and ten quid, which is you know considerably more than Palace. Um, so I don't think they just des- they don't deserve the kind of credit coming their way. But I understand where you're coming from. That all those you know, all those cheaper t- seats they're going to be behind the, the bubble machines. So you won't be able to see anything anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, what I was trying to say before we got slightly diverted was that um, in that very early Murray chance, if you saw it in the replay, that uh, Dawson dives to the floor like under a challenge that he thought was from a Palace player, but it's actually from his own player who actually yep. just re- he rested a hand on his back. So then Dawson throws himself to the floor, looks over his shoulder, sees it's one of his own players and starts laughing to himself as he gets up. It's like, and, and that was an example of what Pardew was talking about in terms of the gamesmanship employed by Hull. And I honestly think more should be made of that because you can see it quite clearly on a replay. That, uh, I mean, that, what the hell is that? What, diving as if you've been touched and not even bothering to check whether it's your own player. It's, or, we, it's, oh. where you need to, it's where the FA need to cite or the Premier League need to cite players after. Totally, the, yeah. If the referees are going to miss blatant, blatant handballs, penalties, offsides, and then make up stuff that they do see, like yesterday, um, then, then, the, then the Premier League just is It's just like rugby. You know, if the, even if the referee, if they deem it's that serious, they, the, the, the people that make the laws, they enforce their own laws. So we just need to take it out of their hands. But football is, we're 20 years behind rugby, which is really quite sad. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so I don't, I don't see much changing too soon. It takes, it takes an age for FIFA to let anything happen. Chris, the, the biggest, game, I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a bit, obviously, I'm a bit older than you, but I remember you, you watch highlights of games gone by, and you, and people go, oh, he just passed it back to the goalkeeper, and then he, and, and he's picked the ball up. Why not a free kick? Because oh, yeah, one season, really one yeah. season, you could kick the ball back to the goalkeeper, and mm. then the very next season, they went, then the goalkeeper ran out and picked the ball up. So yeah, you, if you that. want to ch- if you want to change a law or a rule, you just turn around and say, "From next year, you can't do this, you can't do that." And if the referee has seen it and we think that he hasn't taken appropriate action, then we are going to enforce the appropriate action. That's all they have to do. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's very tough, though, isn't it, when you start talking about people falling it's called over? It's grown a pair of bollocks. That's what it's called. It, it is to a point, but then you look at you look at players that get accused of diving, and sometimes they say, "Look." You know, sometimes a player doesn't appeal for it, and you can go, "Oh, that was a terrible dive," but you actually look, and they don't—they don't appeal. What they've done is jumped and got out of the way of another player, but they don't actually want a foul. They're not diving, so it's how do you make the distinction between a player just falling over and not claiming anything, or his momentum's taking him over, and you know, all those sort of things. It's so difficult to call, in my view. So I agree with you, but I think the burden of proof on something like that is so much harder to actually deal with. We're talking about ten million pounds a game now. You know, yeah. in fifteen months' time, then surely, you know, everything else evolves. Wages evolve. The football evolves. The players evolve, but the laws don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it's you, mate. Absolutely I, I, ridiculous. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think there's got to be something done. 
about refereeing standards, about getting them some more help out there. Um, someone wrote, I think, on the homestyle, the sooner they're all replaced by robots, the better. Um, because, you know, the, you're almost at the whim of some referees. And dare I say, booing Clattenburg seemed to, um, you know, help. Didn't, didn't seem to didn't really help matters. He didn't seem to want to do anything. I can hear a sort of rumbling sound, which would usually mean Albert's connection's gone weird. Let's just check. Hi, Albert. My favorite things ever. <laughs> uh, you may wish to uh, just disconnect briefly, Albert, and then reconnect or something like that um, in terms of your microphone. But <laughs> you just hear it rumbling there. I just knew it. It's my f- yeah. Anyway, uh, we got a, we got a very early warning in that game for not keeping a work, keeping an eye on Ndoy. His finish was more like a clearance. It was a cross from the left hand side into the penalty area. He kind of slid in and got it out of the way for us, which was nice of him. But he wasn't so nice later on. Um, you know, Speroni uh, had to make a number of saves throughout the game. He pushed out an Ndoy cross. Um, it fell to the feet of uh, Huddleston, and not one Palace defender made a challenge before Speroni had to pull off a, a magnificent save. You know, other than that, that that pressure started building in that first half. And other than um, a little play, bit of play from mentioned earlier from Punchin and Wilf uh, down the right hand side, um, when Wilf got a shot away, it was well saved. That was literally the last sort of thing. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We really did have any real note until much later in the game. Um, but going back to that, Will looked to have the beating, beating of his uh, fullback, and whereas Yannick was just, you know, he, he was fairly anonymous in the game. Um, and obviously it was Wilf that was replaced rather than Balassi. What were people's views on, on Yannick's performance uh, if I start with you, Terence? Um, yeah, I thought he was, he was a bit anonymous. Um, I was surprised that Wilf got took off. Um, for starters, I thought Suarez was looking like he was starting to tire. And considering he was playing three five two, it just felt like it would have made more sense just to move Balassi back onto the left wing and put Zaha on, leave Zaha on the right. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We're going to end up start talking about believing the hype of the price tag, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I don't know if that had an impact because you know he couldn't he couldn't have not seen the, the talk from Pardew talking to him as a forty to sixty million pound player that we could sell and build another team about. I mean, obviously the the press are you know baiting Pardew a little bit with these questions and then making stories out of them. Obviously, it was done the week before. Is would you accept ten million for for Balassi? No, twenty million would you know you'd have would wouldn't even get near and then all of a sudden we want to sell him for twenty million. Um and you actually look at what was said by Pardew, he's not trying to start an auction for the guy. But um at the same time, you know, those stories go out and I do wonder on that performance if it didn't affect Yannick a little bit. Uh Joe. 
Well, we've been down that path, haven't we? With Wilf. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just tell Yannick to look at Wilf. Listen, the thing is, what we all what we all found out was that Wilf was on a pittance at Palace. Man United offered him what 32, 33 grand a week. Mm. Went up there, had a couple of years on decent dough. Didn't work out. Now the thing is, we didn't have decent dough to offer him to keep him. Now we have. Yeah. And if it, if it means that someone's going to offer Yannick, say he's on 30 now or whatever, he's on parity. If he's on parity money with our top players, I believe we're paying something, you know, high 30s around that mark, 40 grand tops. Then, you know, if, if someone wants to offer him 50, we give him 50. Mm. I, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous to be talking about selling our players after he, you know, the, the guy scored four or five goals in two years. Put three of them in one game, and and the world goes mad, you yeah. know. And all of a sudden, it's like mediocre teams like Liverpool looking at him. I, I, think, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just can't. I, it's just ridiculous. So what? You know, what's he going to get? A little bit more money? I, I, I say down here. I suppose it comes down to what he's worth to us, though, as well. When you're talking well, about people targeting him, and people are obviously. Well, Valencia targeting. were looking at him last year, apparently, weren't they? Oh, there it was. I, yeah, I think. Napoli were linked at one stupid stage. Stupid. I don't know. You you don't really know what's true, do you? When you read it in the papers, but basically, you know, I, I would rather all this talk sort of went away and, and he could concentrate on his football because yesterday he looks, you know, he looks a little bit off the pace. Um, Patrick, he looks off the pace. But judging a player who came off a hat trick a couple of matches ago, so I mean, it's it's very difficult to follow up a hat trick against an away to Sunderland with two great performances so I'm not really concerned about that with Yannick I mean I think if it was only him that was off I'd be concerned but like you said before the whole team was off yesterday the only person to play well yesterday might have been Julian Speroni so I'm not going to worry about that so much but um, you know Joe makes a great point we can offer him the money now so that, that won't be an issue so I don't think it's going to be a manner of well, okay he's going to be leaving it's more a manner of him getting back to playing the way he's been playing you know most of the mm. season. So we'll, again, we'll I mean, I, I'm, I'm you know, I'm singling him out and saying, you know, obviously he got taken off the. Sorry, Wilf got taken off when I feel Yannick was having a weaker game. Um, right. But you know, again, I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm not saying is that anyone else had a you know a much better game. It was an off day for a lot of players, and you know, it, it could have been any one of them who got taken off and couldn't come really complain about it. You know, we're, we're talking about a game here that we lost, and we can talk about the reasons why. We can talk about the first goal being a handball. We can talk about. Um, you know, Sonogo's goal being disallowed and it shouldn't have been or all this kind of stuff. But basically, we deserved to lose that game yesterday. So it's all fairly academic when you when you look at it like that. And, you know, Yannick had a poor game, I think, but so did most of our team. Uh, but to, just going, going back to those sort of things, um, you know, the end of the first half, I, I, I was kind of sitting there thinking... You know, both sides have had good chances. They probably had the slightly slightly the better of it. Um, they, they had all the urgency, but I expected us to come out in the second half and do something. Um, and we did We did come out and do something. We changed it to 3-5-2, as we were talking earlier. Um, and it really just didn't work. It was an example of what I was talking about when I said we were playing to the opposition rather than trying to get them to play to us. You know, we, we made... You know, we, we put people in positions they weren't totally comfortable with. You know, Wilf Saha as a right wing back. Um, he's, he actually did pretty well, to be fair to him. But that's not where you're going to get the best out of Wilf. Um, it's certainly not going to give us, you know, the impetus we need to get back into the game. And I, I was really disappointed in um, in the way that we actually came out. And I, I, I can only assume that... Um, that this is what Alan Pardew was talking about when he said he's going to use these games to experiment a little bit. That he was seeing how certain people would look in that in that kind of a setup. Because 
you know, if he genuinely thought it was a way of winning the game, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, do you think that's that's fair, Albert? I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I'm not into this experimenting nonsense when there's, you know, points still to play for, not mathematically safe, and you know you're doing you're doing a disservice to other teams down the bottom, you know, who who are looking for teams like us to put West Brom and Hull to the sword to give them a chance. I, I, I'm I'm not a fan. That's fair. I mean, I can see it, but. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it was that. I don't necessarily think we were experimenting. I've seen. I've seen teams sort of use it as a tactic before, trying to sort of go man for man in in dealing with a three five two. What do you think, Terence? Was it? You know, certainly. I thought we made us weaker. What do you reckon? Um, I, I think it made us weaker. What's it, what it was interesting is, Hull are only really only team we've played this season. We've played three five two against us. And they've beaten us twice comfortably because it was the same story up there. Mm. And I think a lot, what we more need to look at is how our one, because our one striker needs to occupy the two centre backs. All of a sudden, when he's having to occupy three centre backs, it's obviously right. causing us a bit more of an issue. Yeah. Because Hull shouldn't be beating us that comfortably twice mm. in the same season, really. Well, in some press conference, Bardi was talking about the way they played, and he played, and he seemed to talk about. It almost playing into our hands with um, I think he was referring to Wilf and Yannick mm-hmm. in that in that he felt that they would get more space out wide because it's not a you know an orthodox fullback up against them they're up against wing backs but it really did pan out the way and I think it's because of the way Hull's midfield worked um, you know they 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 sort of made up the extra wide player when they had to um, whichever side we sort of tried to go down so I think I think it's in, you're you're right we didn't we didn't yes. occupy their their defence enough. When, when we played at their place, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, if you play three five two against us, you're in trouble. But El Mohamedi and Robertson, as it was in that game, just had blinders. I don't know if you remember Robertson putting in the cross for Diarmé to score. El, did, did El Hamadi El was just causing havoc down the other flank. And one, per, one person on each flank op- occupied our two wide players in the fullback and the winger. So there's clearly something within that formation that gets in and amongst our team that we can't really handle. Mm, I just, yeah. I don't, no, I can't, I can't that's probably why we tried to match them in that sense, because yeah. it gave it gave more it gave more people up front to try and get in amongst the three centre-backs. Mm. Yeah, I agree, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it was the right move, but again, we didn't seem to have, I think we lost, we'd all, perhaps we'd already lost the impetus by that point but it didn't have the impact I expected it to have certainly when we brought Gale on I, I you know he, he really wasn't in the game at all um, yeah, what, you know. I thought what was when because there was the ball that uh, Sonogo flattened Harper with and like uh, Chung Young Lee put him in which yeah. I thought was a beautiful pass by the way and finally mm. from a central area that ball that ball that unlocks in behind but I was amazed to see that it was Sonogo Anyway, chasing it down because last on the last shoulder did that's completely different. Sorry, as you said that you did cut out and then come back speaking really, really quickly to us. That's oh. interesting. It's not your fault, but it made it very hard to get to what the end of your point was. <laughs> no, but the point was that I was surprised that Dwight Gow wasn't the man chasing the ball down when it was Yaya Sonogo when Lee Chung Chung Lee put him in because it was the perfect scenario for Dwight Gow to be in to like peel off the last defender and use his pace to get him behind yes. as we were saying earlier Sonogo is not that fast right. so it would have been if it was through to Gow Gow would have been away and would have been scoring 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I agree with that. Yeah, Gale, Gale would have been the one to get on the end of those chances, but you know, for whatever, for whatever reasons, he, he just he was not up for it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say really. But um, look, let, just 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 a very quick review of the goals. Um, you know, we won't go on too much longer with this, but um, obviously, we'd, we'd we're talking about the fact we'd matched them, and, you know, sort of man for man. But it, we got a very early warning, sort of. Straight away, and Doy went to the back, peeled off of the back post, and got his head on a cross. And it was only sort of a, a point blank reaction save from Speroni that kept it out. But it, that, you know, that's sort of almost the first action of that second off, and there was still didn't wake Palace up, and, and it was we conceded very soon after that. Um, you had Wilf playing right wing back, chasing back uh, with Brady. Now, obviously, Robbie Brady's clearly handballed it, um, and that's that's the most disappointing thing about the goal we conceded is that it, you know it was blatant. It was a sort of you know, the ball was going to run away from him and he's just feathered it down with the left hand um, and it's enabled him to get a shot away. Julian saved it, uh, but once again it's sort of come off come off, and, and the luck's against you when it falls to the opposition player. A lot of people complaining he was offside. He was he was behind the line of the ball, so I don't think he can be offside there. Um, you know, and all of a sudden we're 1-0 down and it's, it's actually come, in my view, from the fact that we've... Um, you know, that, that we've actually matched up 3-5-2 with 3-5-2. Um, we'll talk about the subs in a second. Let's have a quick uh, visit to the chat room with Joe. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of lot of uh, differing opinions um, as to people are saying thirty pound plus to watch an experiment. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are not happy about that. Um, you know, uh, Lyon said three five two is a is a flexible formation, um, and he likes the fact that. He's prepared to that he's prepared to do that. Um, King B said, "Hope we buy Remy. He will score goals for us in nearly every game." I don't think he will do. He don't score goals in nearly every game for Chelsea, and he's on a squillion quid every week. Um, people, uh, who was it? Someone asked why um, Ward wasn't uh, wasn't playing, but um, again, he's in a protective cast, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then the right back, uh, can we not bring um, uh, Hunt back? You know, is he, is he coming back? Is anyone uh, whether it's oh, going to be made permanent? I don't. You know, I know, I don't I know we, we can't we can't discount him. He's the nuts. He really is. And I mean, you know, mixing with our Premiership players again and being in around the, the Premier League, I think I make him an even better player. Do you not think? Hello. Uh, I was. Oh, I was having a. <laughs> I was having trouble. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Anyway, so listen, J Dog Free said, Jill, I'll go with whatever you say. And you, my man. <laughs> you know. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, great having Jill back. <laughs> it really is. It really is, seriously. <laughs> great. Um, great. I've had so many, so many connection problems. I don't know about how that has sounded for you guys, but at one point, Jill sounded like Aaron Neville, if you know who he is. But anyway. I am. <laughs> exactly, the perfect analogy. Who's that? <laughs> oh, well, um, not, not Philip Neville's brother. No, he's a singer. Uh, YouTube him later, Joe. It'll be fun for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, he's, now he's singing. Brilliant. Oh. But now to play for myself. Dance. And dancing, by the way. You can't mm. see that part. No. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, we did try and change it after conceding and not really doing a lot for a while. Uh, Murray went off on the hour mark. Uh, Yoya Sonogo came on for him. Uh, then Chung Yong Lee uh, replaced Mila Yednek on 64 minutes, and then Gail came on for Zaha on 73. There was, you know, there was some impetus back there. There was some uh, degree of urgency in our play for perhaps the first time in the game. Um, although that sub of Zaha and Yannick did look a little foolish. Um, but yeah, so briefly in that, that urgency in that period, we, we Hull reverted to getting the bodies back. They were time-wasting, they were countering our, our attacks with three or four players at most. Uh, but Sonogo did actually get the ball in the net, um, but disallowed for a pull on Shane. What do we all think about that, starting with you, Albert? Soft. So soft. Unbelievable yeah. decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not, I mean, they're not even, you know, you can say, oh, it's it's six or one half dozen the other, you know, it's a 50-50 challenge. You know, then no one's fouling anyone. It's just a good, honest sort of tussle. There's no shirt pulling. There's no arms around anyone's neck or anything. And just the moment the ball looks like it's going over his head, because he isn't the tallest of defenders, he uh, he just drops to his knees. I, uh, it's incredible. It's such a bad decision. It is. You, you see that kind of contact in pretty much every cross, in every game. If you were gonna every give- corner, yeah. There's pairs of players doing it all over the place. Yeah, If you're going to give a foul for that, you'd be given a foul every single time the ball goes in the box. Because, you know, and it just just so happened it gave, you know, it gave a reason to disallow a goal. And I think it was a real shame. You know, it's the longest I've celebrated a goal that hasn't actually been given as well. So it's even a bit more disappointing for that reason. But, I mean, the thing is, we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve to equalise at that point. Um, but I think it would have been a reward for playing with a bit of urgency. It would have been Hull a reward. didn't deserve their first goal after someone handballing it. No, uh, yeah, I suppose you can certainly look at it that way. And I think, you know, if we score then, I think there's only one winner in the game. You know, I, I really do. I think it would have given us, you know, the kick up the arse we needed. But instead it was a, you know, it was actually an, another punishment, another thing to sort of knock the confidence a little bit, knock the belief a little bit. And, you know, and obviously it gave Hull a boost as well because all that, you know, all that sort of um, urgency we'd just shown to sort of get back into the game disappeared completely. And we looked really one-paced and slow trying to get the ball in, trying to create. And we just, and it came from just, you know, Ch- uh, Lee Chong Young sort of dwelling. I change the order of his name every time I say it, I think. Um, dwelling a little bit on the ball and just being a lot too sharp with the pass and interception. All of a sudden, you know, everyone's up upfield and it's 92nd minute and a great finish from Ndoy, but but 2 0. And I think on the balance of play, I can't argue with it. Um, was Delaney soft there? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was because all the, all, all the guy's done is a little shimmy, isn't he, on the ball? He's just fainted to sort of show that he's going to cut back in and then just just carried on running and, struck and hit the ball it's it's a pretty it was pretty weak to get get through in that way yeah you see and he caught um delaney's mid-step when he lets the shot off so he can't even attempt to get a block in yeah I had, to, I had to look back at the replay to one because it's so undelaney like not to put a block in there and you can see he's just mid-step like readjusting his feet and he can get himself in that pickle sometimes delaney yeah, but I have to say, I was I thought it was quite impressive from Ndoye, and he, he actually looked a decent player. He hasn't done much um, since since they brought him in, but um, but on that showing, he you know it was, it was you know perhaps perhaps that might be enough to keep him in the league, and it, and it makes a lot of sense for them to sign him in, sign him in January if he does that. Um, but he caused us problems all game. Good movement, you know, good physical strength, but 
you know, I, can't, I don't know. We, we made it a little bit easy for him, I think. Um, Joe, you want to talk a little bit about... Go on. Go on uh, can we just go back to the Snowgo goal and talk about Mark Clattenburg? Yeah, of course. Of course Tav, Tav, you better get some beeps ready, mate, because I'm going to fucking lose it language-wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're, past, we're past nine o'clock, so... Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it, that's, that's probably four, well, five points he's cost us this season in two games alone from decisions that are just astonishingly bad, from the elbow on Spironi to not giving the penalty to Wilfred Zaha in that game at the Hawthorns, to now not spotting a handball, to the dis- disallowing a goal when Paul McShane's basically fallen over. It's, it's disgusting refereeing, and he's being compared with, oh, should it be him or John Moss to referee the cup final? Yet we spend this time talking about how shit them two have been for the last two weeks. I've never, I've never seen either of them... Really, when they've when they refereed a Palace match, have a good game, um, because both of them, both of them attract attention to themselves and seem to crave it. You know, Clattenburg is the worst for that, and if that's where he gets the "it's all about you" charm, because you know, he wants he wants to be a part of the game. He wants he wants to be a factor in the game when he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. That's one of the. Th- the things that Neil Warnock said that I've I've agreed with most ever. It, it's just. He said the ref, the referee should not be noticed. The referee should just you should get to the end of the match and not really even know who it was um, if he's done his job correctly. Whereas Mark Clattenburg, you know every time Mark Clattenburg has refereed your game because you've said his name and accompanied by a series of swear words about a hundred times. The guy is a is a, is a joke in my view. Um, and I've, I've I've heard that he was going to do the FA Cup. He was going to do the FA Cup final, but Ed Sheeran's got a gig. <laughs> that night, and he might he might miss the opening couple of tr- tr- songs, so he's not going to do it. I mean, I don't know. You know, when you've got a referee who's had a hair transplant, he's, I, you know, I think it shows the kind of level of of vanity that he's got about himself. And I just, I honestly, I just despise the guy. And I, it's a shame because I can remember him when he first sort of came onto the scene being a fairly decent referee, but. I think sometimes you can see when a referee is looking for a reason to give something against your team, you know. And I think I think he was, for whatever reason, he you know, he could argue that yeah, that that quite clearly was a foul. But then you know, he doesn't have to explain why he didn't give it the, the thirty or forty other times. The same challenge happened in the game, you know. And it, it wasn't just that that decision either. It was there's plenty of decisions during the match that. Just, just seemed to go against Palace. It was, it was very disappointing, and it was a few that went against Hull as well. To be fair, is it is it fair to say that we were Clattenburged? Yeah, we were we were Clattenburged. If you want to come up with an idea of what a sexual <laughs> act of Clattenburg is, do uh, do tweet us at HOL Radio. Let us know. It's incredibly similar to being Pulis, but you know, <laughs> um, similar actually. I don't know who wants to speak next. I think Joe. Go on, John. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I just wanted to go back to to what Terence uh, made just, just a small reference to it, which I thought was it gave me a huge insight as to as to what we can look forward to. And I've been saying for ages we haven't, we we don't really have. We've got real battle and guts in the middle with whoever we play, but we don't have creativity. And the first thing that Chung did when he came on, it it he picked the ball up and he went forward, and that ball that he put through mm-hmm. first for Tsunogo was just, was a worldie. And had anyone else in a big team uh, put that through, they'd, they'd have been they'd, they'd dribbling in their pants about it on Sky. 
That that really excites me to know that we have got someone that that, that wants to try and thread the ball through and not just hoof it or not just guess or or do anything. And I'm I'm really I'm really really pleased about you know you can see now why if he just shows you know two three four things like that every every uh, every game that he plays that he's got intent on on not just trying to smack it towards the corner flag or just float one up. Um, you know that he is trying to set someone up. I was I was really pleased about that, and you know, and then yeah, well, two minutes later, it cost us a game. But you know, it's not. Uh, no, I'm joking, by the way. If you've got Zaha and Balassi on the flanks and him in the middle producing those passes, all of a sudden you've got a threat from all areas of the field, and it will cause a lot of teams a lot of problems. That's for sure. I I, I jinxed him, by the way. It's my fault. I the, the second I tweeted from the Homestead Radio account, Chungy is class. He he gave the ball away for the second goal. And I'm not kidding when I say the second. I hit send and he did it. So I have to take I take full responsibility for that. I've got um, someone else in the, in the chat again. J Dog Free. Um, it's Gel. I don't know what LCY stands for, so I'm, I'm not an acronym. I don't know what that is, but Me anyway, he's. Young. Oh right, okay. That'll be it. Does that um, make sense? Yeah, it does now. It does now. <laughs> I, I, I only need to be told once, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, said, <laughs> he said, "Is this the end for Johnny Williams?" Uh, yeah, I think he's he's fucked up legs. The end for him. So, um, but yeah, he just he, he, I I really feel for Johnny Williams. But I can see him. To be honest, with you, I can see him going to Ipswich. I mean, they love him up there. I think he plays well up there. And and as much as I've got a little bit of a connection with him through one of my mates, I'd hate to see him go. But yeah, he's, he just needs to play football, the guy. Um, I think he needs to get sorted out injury. Maybe, maybe he needs to. You know, maybe he needs uh, six months out of the game. I, you know, you, you don't know. Sometimes people need to have a little bit of a break. Look at yeah, look what I, Murray I, did. Now Murray I, had a year out, and I can remember. Um, I can remember I them trying trying that before with Johnny under Dougie. I think just basically took him out of training and took him out of everything for about two two months, and just just to try and get him right. And you know, maybe something like that would help again. Uh, you know, you certainly think he's going to have to have a summer off and and then come back pre-season and see how he is again. But he, you know, how he's got persistent groin injury now. It's it's. I really you know, feel for him because I, I yeah. remember being at a, being at a Palace do once, and I remember Lenny Lawrence getting up and he was saying, you know, you've all, you know, we got some good kids coming through, but there is one kid, and someone shouted out, "Is it Wilf?" And he said, "No, it isn't." He said, "He's a little fella, and when he gets the ball, he is a genius." And there was, you know, like we all we all know that that, that there were the, some of the top sides in European football looking at, at Johnny Williams. Yeah, and it just seems to, have, you know, he seems to have gone backwards. And I really hope he gets, whether it's with us or whether it's with someone else. I really hope, you know, I just wish him luck because he he doesn't seem to be having a lot in the last couple of years. No, exactly. It's a, it's a real shame, and obviously no one, you know, would would want to see, uh, succeed more than the Palace fans because you know he's he's just loved by every. Palace supporter, but it's just got to get some games. He's got a place in football, you know. It, it's just, just, it's just, just too many injuries. Yeah, yeah, too exactly. many. It's a real, real shame. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, Albert's come up with the only suggestions so far of the being Clattenburg sex act, and he's just written Clattenburg would blow with minimal contact. <laughs> quite good. Quite like that one. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah, I did have a few more things I wanted to talk about. Uh, 
All right, well, pigeons. Pigeons are good, weren't they? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know there's a lot. It's been mentioned a lot online. It's been mentioned sort of a lot on, on the message boards and all that kind of stuff. But joking aside, when when the Hull penalty area can have can house three pigeons eating for 15 minutes, you know you've not had a good game. <laughs> 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 and when and when you look at when you look around the stand, and probably sixty percent of the people you can actually see are watching the pigeons and not the football up the other end of the pitch, you know it's not good. So do you know, do you know when you just said jokes aside and went straight on to making a joke? Do you know what? Seriously though, this is not serious at all. We might be in trouble getting deducted three points because we had Owen Garvin on the field, which means we were fielding 11 outfield players, which I think is a bit wrong. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Do you mean Owen Garvin and his pigeon run? Is that oh, yeah. Garvin right. and his pigeon, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, technically, it's 13. If there were 14, if there were three pigeons, right? Three Owen Garvin. <laughs> Imagine. What? I'll tell you. George Burley would have played all three of them in centre mid if he could. <laughs> I think George Burley saw three Owen Garvins most of the time, didn't he? <laughs> Wouldn't he just play them on a the wing? Hey. Oh, hey. 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 You know it's time to go when we start talking about pitches, don't you? Okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's my uh, my Jerry Springer style summary of the game. I felt that. Um, Hull copied West Brom's approach. I think they probably looked at that game in a bit of detail and saw just how West Brom coped with everything that we had. And they, oh, they used a different formation. They still used the same high pressing uh, tactics, the same time wasting tactics, little fouls and digs here and there. And most importantly for them, they probably they marked Glenn Murray out of the game and cut off the supply to the wing. So they deserved the win. And, and the hard thing to take is that they wanted it more. But of course, they needed it more. And that's worth bearing in mind as well. Um, we have got some four-word reviews. Um, I've got loads of them in various different places. Let me see. Players, players what? were on holiday, Coach Matt. Players were on holiday, Coach Matt. All right. Um, is that all there was in the chat room? Uh, Clattenburg is a... Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's another yeah. one. There's a few oh, uh, Yeah, no, no, they've all... I've got I've got absolutely tons on our Twitter feed. I'll try and pick out a few for you. I'm talking sort of slowly so I can scroll through the Twitter feed as I'm talking so it won't seem like I have How was Steve Bruce's reception? Um yeah. Booze he got he got booze, they mentioned it on the telly. Yeah, he did get booed. But he laughed. Great. It's amazing. So I'll come back to you in a second. But it's amazing that Steve Bruce got stick. It's just amazing how he was desperate, absolutely desperate to come back to Palace when we sat Warnock. You know, he got an application in um, pretty much the same day, um, and obviously we went a different way. And Did got he? Party. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But he he wanted. He's so desperate to come back to Palace. But there we go, uh, Patrick. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to say the same thing. I heard that same rumor, which is amazing that Bruce would have come back to us based on what, yeah. how he left us. Yeah, he just say he he couldn't couldn't get his application in quick enough. But um, <laughs> I hope he didn't put his nose out of joint. Hey! <laughs> um, just a quick mention earlier on, uh, we we did ask on Twitter um, what midfield people wanted to see, and pretty much to a man. I mean, just to pick out a few. Stand in the sun uh, went for MacArthur, Ledley, and Punchin, Um As did Harry uh, Harry Judge. As as did Sheldon CPFC. Um, 
But Tony Arrow was pointing out with the away record, we have to stick with a w- recent winning formation. The question mark is over Ledley or Jedinak, um, but he's going with Ledley as well. So there you go. And again, uh, Ginger Nut CPFC saying how much he loves Jedinak, but he lacks pace, which ends in him um, doing sloppy movement. I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> that's something else, isn't it? <laughs> that's part of the cue list. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting, getting into some four word reviews now CPFC Dave said shit ref fickle fans um, <laughs> there's a selection from Simon Goddard who's called ex-manager wins again officials get it wrong Pardew is not happy on to the next one then he must replace Jedi so that's, a, that's quite creative to get all your a series of four word reviews given a full opinion on the game uh, lots yeah. of discussion um, on the three five two. Alex Penge thinking that um, was talking about whether Wilf's played up top in a two. So in three five two, it could be an option option um, at Chelsea. Blasi Suare on the wings and Wilf Murray up top. Mm. Don't mind that too much. CPFC Barbarian has gone for. Don't worry, we're safe. Got a selection from the Homesdale Cravatics. Yeah. Uh, p- pigeons caused more threat. Uh, missed Ledley and Ward. It was a goal. Still had nice day. <laughs> Which is good. Uh, sign up the pigeons, oh, Tony Johnston. Uh, Gareth has gone for get Balassi out wide. Rich Foster has gone for hate old managers return. Hmm. Um, I really miss Shamak from Mark Cole there. Uh, where has Jedi gone? Well, we know where he physically is, but we're not sure his form has gone. Carl uh, Mortimer has gone for home form needs addressing. And I think that's the interesting one. And again, a lot of talk yeah. on the message boards I've noticed uh, about the pitch. Um, and various things like that. Because uh, obviously that is a definite factor, I think it's fair to say. Uh, haven't we lost the most home games in the Premier League? I think, that's the, I think that is the statistic. I, I saw. Is it? Holy and we, moly. And we've won more, we only think they have more points away than home. Yeah. If you look at how we, you look at how we were last season, it was pretty much the other way around, wasn't it? We were, we were much yes. better at home. And say, the, real, the only thing that's really changed is the personnel's not that much different. It's just the pitches. And obviously, as Terence, you've mentioned many, many times that um, you know that the way the opposition come and play yeah. the game has changed exactly. as well. Yeah. I, I, this going to say, you know, is it Radzi? Is it Radzi Rendot? What? What? How do you say that name? Rad Siren Dot. Red Siren Dot. Okay, yeah. I was going to say that first one. I thought uh, it said that I play Wolf up front on Championship Manager. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm just saying. So come on, Pardew. I'll play myself <laughs> up front on FIFA, and I'll score like 45 goals a season. <laughs> really? I've seen you, I've seen you play on FIFA, Terence. That sounds like a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a goalkeeper, aren't you, Terence? But not uh, in real in, life. In, in real life, Rush goalie. Obviously, on, Rush on goalie. a computer game, I want to I want to be the hero. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, that reminds me, how did the RMF game yeah. go? I didn't think. Oh, why are you bringing it up for? They lost on oh, penalty sh- kick. Do you know what? It's, it is actually the first penalty shootout I've ever lost in my life. What? I get, I get to 32 years old. It's my 12th penalty that's, shootout, and it's the first time is, I've ever lost one. That's impressive. I, well, I was, you're I saying, was gutted. You're saying that. I, I, I had to go work today, and the little and, uh, of the parents who are doing the job for, he came in today and he, in his football kit with all dirty knees and, and literally nearly crying. And I went, he lost 2-1 yeah. last week, and he was apoplectic. And then I said to him, how did you get on today? He went, we lost 2-2. Two, two. And I went, uh... <laughs> no, 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 no. And then I said, well, what do you mean? He said, 
Well, we were so we were two nil down, and they and, and but we got it to two two, and we lost on penalties. Ah, uh, I know. There you go. We lost two two. Gutted. Exactly. I give anyway, him that so big game... L on his head like that. <laughs> loser. <laughs> Get out, you loser. <laughs> Lovely. Sorry, Darren. School. Yeah, no, so the game finished 1 1. We missed a penalty just before half time. Put it over the bar. Poor old Ryan. He was, it was his 21st birthday. How oh. did you get on on your 21st birthday? I missed the penalty against Brighton. That's just yeah, that's... with him forever. Bless him. I think <laughs> hopefully people are keeping an eye on him because he must be, must be <laughs> inconsolable right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, um, no. But yeah, the, and the game the game finished one one, and then we lost six five on penalties. And um, yeah, how many people uh, did insurance? Um, I'd say just over three hundred. The game raised just over twelve grand, which is very wow. incredible. You that's, know, that's, that's what that the raise for, and really that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. excellent stuff. Excellent. Brilliant. And see, we we uh, we were due to do some comms, but unfortunately, well, I won't go into the reasons why. But we were unable to make it. But we did donate our um, fuel costs and match uh, ticket fees. We paid directly to remf.org. If you want to um, donate some money to that wonderful cause, have a look at remf.org. Read all about it, and then uh, if you can, dig deep and, and pop some money in. Um, great cause, and obviously fantastic for all of those who were involved in that charity game this year. And um, yeah, they'll be back next year, I guess. Um, very quickly then, let's have a chat about this takeover rubbish again. <laughs> Why do I call it rubbish? But very dismissive there. Well, I should um, obviously we've we've seen pretty much an article about the takeover appearing in various papers, giving it a day it's going to be done, and then that day goes sailing past. And um, I'm having trouble with this one. I mentioned it to you guys earlier that if you actually read the article in the Daily Mail, it almost reads word for word like the start of my April Fool's article <laughs> that I wrote on Eagles Element where I was claimed that the takeover was done. But, you mean the you know, one that again, I fell for? The one that you fell for, Patrick. Yeah. You got massively excited about. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was so happy with that. Oh, but, I um, felt but again, I, I can't. I can't honestly say I've, I've, you know, I've heard anything. I just this article almost came out of the blue. It's reared its head again. Um, but I mean, all the stuff that Steve Parrish has ever said about it is that it's not a takeover. You know, it's it's he's looking for investment, and yet again, this reads much more like a complete buyout. Um, do you see it happening that way, Albert? Uh, well, well, it's yeah. semantically, isn't it? It, it? it 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 is a takeover because all the people that currently own the club won't own the club anymore and only power should be kept on in a supervising role you know it's that, that's what they say but it just seems to me i don't know why it just people keep you know it comes out like it's a takeover steve parish says no no i'm seeking investment it's not how it's being reported yet then they come out and report it again do you think you know who's telling the truth someone <laughs> well <laughs> I would say that it, the article is talking about us spending a shed load of money on four players, but right. there is a rule in place called financial fair play, which makes that impossible. So yeah. I don't really understand where the article is coming from in that sense. You How can't much just is have shed some. Load, though? Well, that, when they were talking, How big is your shed? Six, 65 grand a week, <laughs> and like, wasn't it something that wasn't they mentioned something like 60 million pounds on transfer? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, but, so, so, yeah. But Man United have been paying. That hippie, three hundred and twenty-five thousand quid a week, <laughs> and uh, Ma Ma Manchester United sell more shirts in a day probably than we sell in a season worldwide. Yeah. So that is income that we do not have. That's what that's what FFPs are all about. So, they can they can so, justify spending that because of their turnover. So, so what happens if we actually get given money? 
happens if someone actually comes in and donates money to the club? It's not turnover as such, so then, you know, there's a limit to what you can actually put in there. Um, Dress it up as sponsorship deals like Man City. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. sign that's, a four hundred million pound sponsorship deal that your owners have named right. their own stadium, <laughs> and it counts as turnover. It's true. Yeah. That's what they all do. This, this way, right, they're, this being, they're, being it. Into, they're being looked into for that though, and they will get they will get yeah, punished severely for it. They will do. No, they won't. They, they're not no, because they don't care about Man City. Man City, the wrong club to be trying it because they're not they're not an institution, and that is why they will get punished. They will be made the example of. They already were because remember this season they got it's, their um, number of players cut back for the Champions League, so they already kind of did start with them. So only by one. That's what the warning one. Yeah, but it's still one warning one though, isn't it? That's it. Oh, that's man, they t- it was two because they took Milner with them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated player, can I just say? It is, yeah, that yeah, is harsh. That is, that is very harsh. <laughs> You're laughing. I love how much. I just love how much you hate James Milner. You, he's been. You've been consistent as well for years. Ever since I've known you, you've hated him. So, <laughs> I actually told a mate of mine because you told me this once, Joey. You said, you said like player watch him just for a game, just player watch him for a game, and I did. And it was perhaps the worst individual performance I've ever seen uh, for a footballer. And I was like, bloody hell! And then I told my mate to do it, and he said the exact same thing. He's like. What does he do all game? He's like, he can't cross. He actually physically can't cross. 80,000 quid a week that geezer gets for four years. He's got a four-year deal for 80 bags a week. <laughs> the world you know has what? gone mad. But anyway, I'll take him at Palace. It'd be good yeah. for his own. Would you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. Who are you going to play him for? Yeah. <laughs> right, gonna... <laughs> Punch it. Mm, right back. Mm. <laughs> good question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, conundrum. Conundrum. It is a conundrum. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was takeover talk. Apparently, um, honestly, obviously, if anything actually does happen, um, I'm sure um, we'll have a well, we'll probably do one of our special shows. Do we actually just very quickly? If we stay in the Premier League for one more year, we surely we we don't need to be taken over, do we? We. The, I think the, que- the the point that's been made again by by Steve Parrish is not that we need a takeover, um, because you know to, to afford to be a Premier League club. It's to, it's to actually develop the um, you know to develop the ground and the training ground and all that in, in any kind of decent time. The time frame you're looking at to develop the stadium properly under under CPC 2010, you're you're, look, you're looking probably. You know, you're looking years and years and years. You're looking a decade away before anything's probably done. Well, that's not uh, that's not what you know? he said. That's not what uh, he said. That, last that's time, where right? no, but that's where it's going. Do you know what I mean? It's like what? Who's that? Is whose fault? Say, is it? Is that money or is that Croydon Council? Well, put it no, put it this way. If you look at if you look at the fact that um, the first season back in the Premier League, we made a profit of twenty three million. Um, if you look at what he said about the second season in the Premier League, wages have gone up to the point where we're just going to post a small profit. Not, you know, we haven't lost money, but we're, well, we, you know, we're talking probably an extra. Just talking probably the three million out of that will be profit, and twenty million's gone. And the longer you stay in the Premier League, the more and more money needs to be spent on other things. Yeah, but it's um, not, is it? Because after, if we stay in the Premier League for one more year, then we're on ten million pounds a game. Then, as, as Terence is saying, that then comes into the argument of everyone gets that, so everyone starts to be, being, you know, the people who don't need stadiums can spend that on their team. So then you've got to spend it on your team to, to keep up. Um, we're, not, we're not trying to build Highbury, uh, uh, the Emirates here. Oh, we, we're trying to build no. a 
something ever so slightly better than than Cholton and 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 yeah. Brighton. Yeah, I know, but until our until our turnover is is high enough, and you know, basically what has been said is that it will be a damn sight easier uh, to have direct investment. It will it will quicken that whole process up dramatically. Again, I can't really, I can't, yeah, I can't give you the time frames. Only only Steve Parrish can do that. But I don't know if you noticed at half time there was um, uh, Croydon Council were on the pitch getting a presentation for the work they've done with domestic abuse in Croydon and stuff like that. Yeah. And I wonder if that if that's us like scratching out back a little bit giving them a bit of exposure for stuff they do to try and yeah. ease the processes through that we're trying to get through in terms of stadium development i'm sure it is and i you know there's one thing that that the guys in charge of our club know you know now know is that is how to you know to make friends and how to do the right things you know we've suffered through through simon jordan under that he was you know there are positives to simon jordan and his ownership of the club but um you know certainly the work he did with the academy and all that kind of stuff but you know by his own admission in his book he he did not want to make any friends in football and we have suffered from that and i think if you look at the board we've got now we've you know they know how to make friends and they know why they need to do so um and that, that goes to council as well seems to have upset everybody so I don't know. who says that oh just no one you know so that's all that's all i'm told he said everybody everybody seems to just dislike palace but I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, don't, I think I think we, you know. I think that um, they're always complimentary about the opposition's boards and things like that. You know, I, I, th- I think we, you know, we, they've they've made you know good contacts in the game. I think. Oh, I, I, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, I believe you're right, but I, I can't see I can't see why why we haven't got or why we can't push forward as a club when we've you know we've got the money now. I just don't I don't see. There's no excuses now for me. Well, we can't be pushing a stadium thing forward. I think. I think, think the, other other boards think that Steve Parrish is Simon Jordan because he's got similar hair. Do you think they've? <laughs> has he considered a short back and sides? I Might would. Things over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really answer that. <laughs> it's, an, it's an interesting idea. Do we have this sort of awkward bit of silence at the end? Are we good or not? <laughs> have you read have you, going back to Jordan the, the one person he did upset do you, have you, do you remember the Christa Berg anecdote in his book <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is what that is what <laughs> go on go on I, have, I haven't read I haven't read the book so tell me oh, oh it's a cracking he, he read Joe you've got to read it, you've got to read it. You, would, you would love it properly love it he I've was at it, Anfield he was at Anfield and he was in the um, obviously in the execs bit and uh you know, I think there'd been a bit of—I can't think what it was—but the, there was a bit of a frosty atmosphere anyway. And he said he, he took his coat off to, to give it to someone who was just standing next to him, who he thought was just some lackey who worked there. It was Chris Burr. <laughs> did he take it? Did he take I think, it? Yeah, I think he, I think he says he did. Actually, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you've not read that book, Joe. You would—oh, you'd love it. You'd be all over it. Yeah, no. I'll Luckily, it was a red coat. Hey. <laughs> let's end it on a weak pun why not <laughs> um, thank not you very much to oh it's not a pun Jesus oh you're so close so close to ending it Red Siren Dot said do we need a new stadium or just a redevelopment well it's going to be a redevelopment of Sellers Park it's going to be a new main stand uh, That's that seems to be the focus at the moment and then we'll a see a new white old stand a new white old stand, stand. New, the art was the biggest stadium. pain it's the biggest pain it really is are we allowed to say what we've heard? If it, yes. even if it's allegedly. 
Yeah, you could say what you've heard and it not be it could be completely incorrect, couldn't it? Come on, oh, no, say well, it. no, 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 I can't. I no, can't. you've got to say it now. I can't. I don't know. Am I allowed to say, Chris? Not fair. Well, I, I don't. I, you could you could say whatever you like as long as you categorise it in the sense, sense that it's just something you've heard and it may not be true. So allegedly, yeah, yeah. So so allegedly, um, the Arthur is going to be behind the goal. Mm. Oh, well, they, they've talked about that about switching the, the the pitch, like turning it around a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's been and, mentioned. That's been mentioned. I think that's been written. I've read that somewhere. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm more that that, that would be that would be. Well, there you go. See, so then you'd get like a a new main standing behind that behind the other. <laughs> well, guy I think like. they were talking about just extending the the homestead, keeping the homestead, extending that. And then mm. cutting the Arthur down, and then redeveloping all the the, the Sainsburys and and making that bigger. So, but um, but well, I'm sure we'll see plans in the uh, you know in the foreseeable future for that. Anyway, maybe we need to get Parish on to. to you know, well, we've got. It's not too long till the till the end of season show. We're planning something pretty pretty entertaining on that. Um, You've been speaking to the club about doing something there that's looks like it's going to pan out. I won't say too much until all the details are sorted. But um, it looks like, well, you may well be able to, um, those of you who aren't at the Swansea game may be able to join us during the game in that one. That should be interesting, wouldn't it? Um, but I won't say too much more about that. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much to Tav for producing today. Thank you to Patrick, Jill, Terence and Albert. Uh, and obviously thank you to everyone who got in contact today and all of you that have listened and indeed downloaded on the podcast. We will be back next Sunday at 8pm. So until then, goodbye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.